Welcome to the Next Level Life Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. Today, I'm hosting Jackson Aces. So, Jackson is a magician. I've known Jackson for almost 30 years. Now, this kid's story is amazing. I remember when Jackson was 12 years old, he used to, you know, show me these magic tricks. I was, I'm really good friends with his older brother, Daniel, who's a uh, fashion designer in LA. And Jackson's been practicing magic ever since, and he's now got over 4 million followers on social media so his story of growth is absolutely amazing he's such a cool guy and it was really fun hanging out with him so strap in i really hope you enjoy today's podcast jackson thank you so much for joining us today oh it's a pleasure tony thank you for having me mate your story is so inspiring and i can't wait to get into the nuts and bolts of it but mate take me all the way back now i've known you for 30 years but i want to ask you when was the first moment that you thought that you wanted to be a magician well there was a kid at school in uh in high school year seven who showed me a magic trick and i'm very competitive so i said to myself i'm going to go home i'm going to look on the internet for some magic tricks and i'm going to show that guy up tomorrow and this was before YouTube was really a thing. I was on dial-up internet and uh, I was just looking for hours and hours on Google and didn't really find anything. But uh, because I was on the computer so long and so late, a magic show came up on TV, uh, David Blaine, Street Magic. And I'd seen the promos for it, but I was, I was like, I don't know what that's about or didn't really seem interested. But, you know, I thought I'll, I'll watch it. I'll see, see how it goes, see, see if I like it. And uh, I, I'm pretty intelligent, you know, with, I was pretty good at school and all of that. And I thought, oh, I'll work this guy out for sure. Tony, I didn't <laughs> understand a thing that this guy did. And David Blaine is so convincing. He's such a pure magician and performer that I was convinced that he was doing real magic and that this was some black magic stuff that he learned in Haiti or something. And I'm like, I don't know how he's doing these things because there's no other explanation for it. So that kind of just lit the fire within me to, to be able to do the impossible and, and show other people that they can do a lot more than they think is possible, which is uh, what that show inspired in me. I, I, um, yeah, I think that's one of the most amazing things with magic is it it kind of opens up your eyes to what's possible for all of us with our potential. And Jackson, I remember because I, um, for the listeners out there, I am um, really good friends with Jackson's brother. And uh, I remember mm. you being, I don't know, how old would you have been when you started? 10 years old and you started to carry around a deck of cards. And I used to see you walking around just doing doing all these tricks. So what I wanted to get you on today, Jackson, is because, sorry, you're one of the, the people who essentially figured out what you wanted to do and just essentially ran it as hard as you can. And it's turned out amazing for you, mate. Now you're traveling the world doing magic shows. So was there ever a time yeah. that you said, oh, I want to go to uni or I want to try this or I want to be a plumber or have you just been gung-ho on being a magician since day one? Yeah, look, um, see, I, I, I started out, I started out when I was about 12, right? And, um, I, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do before that. I, uh, I knew that, you know, I, I got good grades and I had a lot of op options and, uh, you know, I was just waiting for something to, to call me into, you know, this is what I have to do. So when I found magic, I, I felt like I, I found a calling and I didn't realize uh, how strong of a calling that was because I was the type of kid who, 
I would get obsessed with things. Like I learned how to do the Rubik's cube. Uh, before that I was obsessed with learning how to beatbox and I got pretty good at that. Uh, I had a stint where I was obsessed with Guitar Hero and it was like, I would just find one thing and I would go gung ho at it and just immerse myself in it. Um, and it was kind of like these things would spring up and then I'd kind of lose interest eventually. But magic was different. With magic, I found myself always wanting to to learn more and do more because it's not just about me when I perform. It's about creating an effect and an impact on others. And uh, deep down, I've always had that desire to to create, you know, a really good effect on people, whether it's just to make them laugh or um, to, to help them with something that changes their life. Uh, it's just always been a, a passion for me to help people. So magic, in a way, it really ticks all those boxes. It, it inspires people, it lifts them up, and uh, at the very least, it takes their mind off, you know, their day-to-day struggles, you know. Um, it's a beautiful moment when you do a magic trick and uh, you can see it. Uh, you know, on my videos, you might have seen some crazy reactions like you would see on, you know, the other kind of TV street magic specials. And they're so crazy. You think, oh, are they acting? Are they paid actors? And, and they're not. But um, probably the most fascinating reaction that you can get from a magic trick is when people just sit there in a stunned silence. And the amount of questions that are going on in their head of... <laughs> How did that just happen? Was that even real? Am I hallucinating? You literally see people's perception of reality kind of just disappear in front of them. And that's a really, really powerful moment, I think. And mate, like I've been sinking my teeth into all these videos and I know exactly what you're talking about. And if you haven't already, go jump on Instagram and TikTok and check Jackson out. I'll leave the details in the show notes. But where do you come up with your stuff? Like, is it, is it sort of like um, you copy someone else's or is there a book that you read or is it like the, the oracle <laughs> of magician tricks that you just sort of like a black belt, you work your way towards them or how does it work? Yeah, look, a lot of people have a, have a lot of funny ideas on how magicians kind of, um, kind of work. And, and uh, what was interesting is David Blaine, who I mentioned earlier, he kind of brought in this new wave of interest into magic. And it was at a time when uh, video was becoming really popular. So back in the early days, people used to have to learn either by seeking out a mentor who would teach them personally and pass down the secrets uh, or go, you know, rummaging around through all the magic books that they can and try to find some of the best secrets. Uh, And some of the best secrets, and this applies in the entrepreneurial world and pretty much any other field, most of the best secrets you'll find are in books and people really um, don't, they kind of brush off how important and how valuable the things they can get out of a, out of a $20 book are. Um, But, oh my gosh, you know, people will struggle for, for a lifetime and then condense all that wisdom into, you know, one book that you could read in, you know, a 10 hour sitting and then, you don't have to go through all the pain and struggle to learn those lessons. So that was the olden days. When I came in, 
video was becoming really popular. So what you would have to do is there was like online marketplaces where people would sell uh, the, the secrets or the tricks that they'd invented. And, you know, uh, I remember my first DVD was, uh, it was 20 street magic tricks that you can do. And uh, it was like 60 US dollars, which was a big deal as a 12 year old. And I got these special decks of cards, which were like, you know, $25 each or something. That was like my birthday and Christmas present combined. And um, I just <laughs> sunk my teeth into into videos. And, and what was really cool is you miss out on a lot of the theory, uh, which is why, you know, it's, it's good to, for example, for an entrepreneur to watch, watch the speeches and watch and kind of observe how the successful players in that field, what they're doing and how they're winning. But you miss the real in-depth content and the secrets of what you'll find in a book. Um, so I was just basically watching DVD after DVD. And uh, one thing that I did right, which I didn't realize how useful it was going to be uh, and how much it set me up for, for a really strong career was uh, I, I started performing a lot and I started performing at a very young age. Um, so my mum, my mum got me this resident, uh, resident job as a resident magician at, at Mike's Bar and Grill in the Sutherland Shire. And uh, Mike's a good friend of me and, and my mum. And he said, come down any, any uh, week, weekend night and just do magic. I'll have a meal there for you. You can perform as much as you want. So, you know, from the age of 15 through to end of high school and, and so on, I was working two nights a week, you know, going up to 10 to 20 tables of people just every single weekend just putting in the hours and uh it's almost like doing door-to-door sales in a way because people are at a restaurant yeah. they're there with their family they don't necessarily want to be bothered uh they're they're really short attention span if the food comes it's like that's it thanks magician we, we're going to eat now and there's all these factors that you really have to work around you you've got to be really quick on your feet um, so I, and I didn't realize going into it that, that that's the hardest, uh, environment for a magician to perform in is the restaurant world. Um, and uh, I guess my naivety was, uh, was a blessing, um, you know, because some people can, can really kind of psych themselves out, uh, of taking that first step or, or jumping into, into action on what they want to do, uh, because, you know, they've heard, they've heard failures of people and they've heard, oh, oh, be careful and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and that can really hold up, you know, young entrepreneurs and people who are wanting to, to take risks. So, um, I love it. so yeah. And mate, you know what? It's funny about that. Like if there's people out there listening, it's almost like there's a thousand opportunities to give up, isn't there? Like you're, you, yeah. you're at a, um, a local restaurant on a cold, Tuesday night, you know, and you're, you're busting your guts to perform a couple of tricks and you get, you know, people who are rude to you and they're not sort of, you know, doing it on mm. purpose, but they just want to get there. They want to eat. They want to go home. They've probably got kids annoying them, what have you. So mate, talk me through what kept you going. Like did, from a young age, I'd love to hear about, did you like, and maybe still now, what is the um, Holy grail or like, I suppose, how do you win a super bowl as a magician, mm. so to speak? Yeah. Well, you know, what kind of kept me going it was uh, through all the hardships. And uh, like you said, there were a lot of hardships um, more than I anticipated. And, 
you know, there were times when, when, uh, you know, one, one time I had a really, really rough night. It was just, nothing was going my way. People were rude and, uh, I was so deflated and, um, I spoke to my dad about it and just out of nowhere, I just burst into tears because I was just so, uh, so frustrated and I, I felt like quitting, even though I knew that I shouldn't quit and, uh, it wasn't the right move. I just thought, you know, it felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel and I was scared to, to go and face another night, you know, in the trenches. Um, but, you know, you got to stay with it. And, and those things really toughen you up as a, as a performer or as an individual. And um, once, once you go through those kind of hardships, they really make you as, as a person. And uh, they really, I mean, I don't think that you should go looking for losses, but if you're if you're not running into hardships, I feel like you're not pushing pushing the boundaries enough. Um, so and it's and it really makes you appreciate the wins and the victories because you know you know what you've gone up against. And the cool thing is, Tony, is that the problem is also the opportunity because. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of magicians, for example, they haven't had that um, that tough environment where you know, kind of like uh, kind of like a comedian would have to start out in the, on the open mic circuit and uh, you know get booed off stage. You know, some of the some of the absolute great comedians of our time have stories like that of getting booed and booed and, and almost quitting. And uh, I, I feel like it's no coincidence that. You know, you look at those people now and you go, how could they get booed? Well, it's, it's, it's almost the fact that they got booed so many times that that's why they became successful because they hung in there and they were able to, to push through the worst of it and come out on the other side of that. You're absolutely right. I don't think anyone that's been super successful has, you know, has done it easier and hasn't had to go to that dark place to get to the amazing place that they're at yeah. now. And it makes it, what would, what's the next steps look like? I mean, so, you know, you've got, I can't believe it. Like you've got 3.9 million followers on TikTok. So, you know, to put that into context, that's like 15% of Australia, you know, in, in the equivalent yeah. around the world, right, are following you. And like you've, the stuff that you put on there, I want to ask you about this whole going viral and uh, that mm. whole influence is a trendy word. Now, I know there's, um, you know, that sort of, there's sometimes can be a negative connotation that, with that influence. But like, what I'd love to get out of your head, Jackson, is how you've turned, right? a passion mm. into a business which you've monetized and especially how you've done it online. So can you talk us through that, mate? A lot of people out there listening would love to know how, you know, what does 3.9 million TikTok followers and 80,000 Instagram followers mean? Is that, is that your business model now? Yeah. Well, you know, the TikTok growth came really, really almost overnight. But uh, it's the old cliche where overnight successes take take ten years. You know, in, in my case, it was thirteen to fourteen years where I was performing magic, and uh, not only just performing a lot. I mean, I've done thousands of shows, and uh, and lo lots of up close performances, and gone out and done street magic, and and really kind of covered all bases, if you will. But I also in the lead up to starting TikTok, I, I was doing videos just for Instagram and, uh, and YouTube for years. I've edited probably over a hundred magic videos of my own, filmed them. 
And that really laid the groundwork for uh, the overnight success on TikTok. I basically saw, um, I saw another magician from the UK, uh, Luca Galoni, a good friend of mine. And um, he hit 2 million on, uh, on TikTok. And he was blowing up on Instagram at the time too. And I was always wondering, how's he going so big on Instagram? Like, where's it all coming from? And I saw, he's like, oh, I've got 2 million on TikTok. And I said to myself, geez, that must be it. This is, this is the opportunity. Uh, it turns out that wasn't how he was growing his Instagram necessarily, but there was definitely uh, an untapped market on TikTok uh, that was just waiting for, for me and other magicians to, to come in and, and basically dominate, dominate the app. Uh, so I got him really early on that, but um, it was no, it was no um, accident that I went viral. I, I studied for hours uh, some of the best guys in my field on social media, analyzed every single nuance of what they did uh, from how long are the clips that they're putting together, um, what are they wearing, uh, where, what's, what's the setting, uh, how does the camera move in and out, all these different things. I, I, I looked at every single thing that I could because I didn't really have uh, a, a resource or a mentor in that field. So I had to just uh, rely on my own observation of what was, what was being done and what, what seemed to be successful and then uh, basically have a crack at doing my own kind of version of that style of video. So um, fast forward to now, you know, uh, 4 million followers across social media. Um, I get stopped in the street all the time for photos. Uh, my social inboxes are, are literally ridiculous. Um, fans uh, pass around my number and call my number. So I have to get two new uh, phone numbers. <laughs> and it's just, it's just crazy. And it's all happened pretty much seemingly overnight. Uh, so it's uh it's kind of uh grown. Over 15 years <laughs> yeah that's right and i mean i say overnight but you know it took me two and a half months to go from zero on tiktok to uh to one million um the fastest magician who's ever done that on the app and um continued to grow from there and you know but it's just like all of a sudden i have this uh potential of making money online you know brands will come to me and uh, they want me to do a sponsored video where I do a magic trick with with their product, like Colgate, for example, is one of the one of the brand deals that I've done. And uh, also on on TikTok, you can do live streams and people can can donate money to you, like a tip, like a busker would. So yeah. through this whole COVID thing, uh, I've still been able to you know keep afloat thanks to the twelve months of work that I'd put in before this. Not obviously knowing uh, that this was going to happen. But uh, so thankful that I put in the work and uh, really laid that groundwork to have another flow of income where, you know, the, the power of digital is that you can be anywhere in the world and, and, do, and, and run your business. And not only that, but there's so many advantages to being big in the digital world because, you know, you can just reach so many people and for so little money, even for free most of the time, if you have your head wrapped around uh, the social media world and video content and, uh, you know, how do we use this 
this whole craze of everyone being on social media to our advantage? How do we get people to share the, the promotional videos for us without us having to, you know, distribute it or pay people to, to advertise the content? Uh, it's a totally, it's a totally different world now. It is. And man, I'm glad you said that because um, a lot of people out there and I get a lot of messages with people that I coach, they talk to me about this all the time, how much digital spend. And I interviewed Brendan Kane, the author of 1 million followers recently. And yeah. the key things I got from that interview and from reading his books, and, and I want to touch on that too, because the value and the gold in books is so underrated. And I'm so glad that you said that because I've been meaning to say that you can watch, <laughs> video, you, you can watch YouTube clips, but the, ma- mag- the magic, for lack of a better word, that was in that statement there was that yeah. you can get someone's whole life condensed into 200 pages that you can get for in 10 hours and input their mind into your mind. So as a side right. note, like I try to read a book at least one, one every two weeks. So touching on that, but getting back to this online thing, what Brendan talks about is the shareability of content yeah. is the key and globalization, right? So and looking at your content, you've nailed both of those things. Your content is, when I watch it, I was watching some this morning and I've got a five-year-old now. So she's yeah. obsessed with um, magic. So she just watches. And then I want, when I see, when she shows me, I, I'm like, oh, I've got to show that to my wife. You know, I've got to show that to my neighbor. <laughs> so that's, I think, if you're an influencer out there, it's about what would other people want other people to see, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think globally too, like you've, you know, you're not, all of your um, followers, there's not 3.9 million people in, in Guymere, I can tell you that for sure. So like <laughs> you, um, have you had to do like in terms of your social strategy, Jackson, is it, has it yeah. been random or planned or I know you said you, you did a lot of the research into how the videos are produced, but like, I suppose moving forward, what tips would you have for the listeners out there and how to go global and amass so many followers like you have? Yeah, 100%. So look, um, that shareability thing, that is huge. And that is the main reason why uh, something will go viral. I mean, first and foremost, um, and this applies to anyone out there, you know, I know a lot of businesses kind of shy away from, from doing video content because they're overwhelmed and they don't know where to start or if they even will fit in to that whole space, you know, oh, that doesn't suit our, our brand and that kind of thing. Well, the thing is that these days, um, if you're not on social media and your social media isn't, you know, isn't pumping, you, you look like a dinosaur in this current environment. And let me tell you, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities that the competitors in your space will, you know, seize because you're just not a presence on the online world. And um, one thing to kind of think about is these days we're, we're so bombarded with, with entertainment that, uh, and, and we're also so desensitized to advertising that advertising and marketing has to be really subtle on social media. So uh, you, you'll see this big shift now where uh, influencers are uh, promoting products and it's done in such a subtle way where you don't even realize that that's a paid ad. I'll give you an example. There's a girl called Charlie D'Amelio. She, uh, she actually started TikTok about the same time that I did. She's now the number one uh, influencer on the app. She's got nearly 60 million followers and literally overnight success, overnight millionaire, um, absolutely incredible. And one of the things I realized is she kept on doing 
uh, the same dances to the same songs over and over. Like in the space of a week, she might do four videos with one song. And uh, she got a lot of hate for that. But, uh, you know, she would get a lot of hate anyway because she's just so popular and people were really jealous of her. And (laughs) what I realized is I said, oh, my gosh, she's literally been paid by the promoter of that song to do multiple videos with that song so that it becomes a trend. Like it's no accident that that song, she's using it over and over. She's literally getting paid for that. And then another one, for example, uh, she's hugely sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, the video will start and she'll get five to 50 million views on every video. So she'll be sipping on her little Dunkin' Donuts cup, a cup of coffee, and she'll put it down and start her dance. That's the ad. That's how subtle it has become nowadays. And people think, oh, Charlie D'Amelio. So now that's that's the ad. And, um, you know, it's that subtle where people say, uh, and that's the whole reason why we're called influencers is, oh, if Charlie D'Amelio drinks Dunkin' Donuts coffee, I'm going to start drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. That's how subtle it is. So, yeah, so taking it to, to something that your listeners can kind of take away is I was kind of thinking about this before the call and I listened to your uh, podcast with Brendan Kane. I thought it was excellent. Um, and And one thing that, I think would work really well for for any company is you have to entertain before you try to try to sell them or, or even kind of show the product, you know, and and it can be really simple because what works on social media is you've got to grab them. And nowadays something that screams, this is an ad or this is a sponsored post is not going to grab people. It's going to do the absolute opposite. People are going to scroll away faster than they could think about it. So let's say, you know, you have, uh, have like, for example, your company and you want to promote yourself and, uh, you know, you could do a sponsored campaign, but uh, the content is going to be the make or break point. So you could come up with something super simple, funny, funny little skit uh, in the office or something. And then at the very end, it's like, uh, you show the brand or you show the, the logo and it's just really quick get, getting, getting that brand awareness. And uh, basically you've given them something before you've tried to push your message uh, in, in front of the audience. Because if it starts with, you know, you, you, you're kind of like, you got to wine and dine the audience before you, you know, you go in for the kiss as it were. So Jackson, what, like, what are yeah. some other tips that people can do when they're trying to put together their content strategy? Well, you know, see, in, uh, in such a fast-paced world of social media nowadays, it's really important that uh, your content is grabby. And the way that you do that is uh, it's got to be well-lit. It's got to be uh, high-resolution video, which nowadays, you know, any, any decent smartphone, uh, you can just do most of your, your videos on there and they're going to come out great. So you don't need to go and buy all this fancy equipment or fancy microphones or whatever, but definitely invest in some good lighting or figure out how you can uh, get natural lighting uh, when you're, when you're filming. Um, you want to be front lit rather than down lit or lit from below uh, because that just makes you look best. And then you really got to grab, grab the audience. So how do you do that? Well, there's, there's a lot of different tricks that you can do. Uh, you can have 
big, bold, bright, contrasting colors in the video, uh, you know. So you wouldn't want to have a white business shirt and a white background and that's it. That, that's the most boring thing you could probably have on a video because the, the environment and the setting is not appealing to me visually. It doesn't look exciting at all. And uh, my eyes don't get drawn in by the color. So if you've got contrasting, bold, bright colors in the video, the, your eyes are drawn to that like a moth to the flame. And the other thing is motion is what really captures attention. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of the viral magicians, for example, is every single scene, they'll either have the cameraman starting from further away and they'll walk in to something that's already going on, like someone, a guy showing a girl a magic trick. And it's this kind of really authentic style where you're like the fly on the wall it's very natural. It just seems like maybe a passerby was like, oh, what's going on here? I'm going to film this and see, see what's happening. And they've gone in to, to take a look at what's going on. Uh, or, for example, you might have the magic prop right in front of the camera and then pull it out and be like, here's the coin. Watch the coin. Gone. And that's literally how quick it is. And you've grabbed them. You've sucked them in with the motion, the color, the uh, you know, if you have attractive people in the video, it definitely helps. I know that's a bit uh, a bit superficial, but, you know, uh, you obviously want to look your best. And, and uh, you know, sex appeal is, is a very valid way of, of grabbing attention uh, for, yeah. for men and women. Uh, you know, there's plenty of people on TikTok who are just really good looking and they'll just like the guys and they'll just do the dance or they'll, they'll show a little bit of abs and and the girls as well and uh if, and if if that's not your your thing then that's that's not the make break point but there's all these little things that uh you can capitalize on and uh so long as you you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not trying to take advantage of people you know it's fair play i i think I love it. I, mean, I think there's two things that in all of my research and reading and speaking to all these experts is you've got to mm. either entertain someone or educate them, right? There's sort of the two things yeah. you can do online. You can how your product and service can either help them or, you know, entertain them, whether it's music or magic or movies. So mate, I love that breakdown. So mate, just, just, just quickly, I wanted to ask you, like, give us some of the stories. So who's the, uh, probably the, one of the most famous people that you played a trick on and, and how to go down. All right. Uh, well, the most famous person that I've uh, got to perform for was Mike Tyson. And um, the funny thing yeah, is, that, was, that. was that that came through family connections. Uh, my dad, um, you know, was a famous rugby league footballer and uh, his name's Pat Jarvis. A lot of the listeners are probably too young to remember him, but um, he was also at the time working at the police boys club as a, as a cop in Newtown. And uh, he got Jeff Fennick, uh, three-time world champion boxer. He's the one who got him into the ring and into boxing in the first place. So Jeff's a good family friend and, and uh, I love Jeff. And, and he, uh, through his connections, put us in touch with Mike Tyson. And actually, for my year seven English assignment, I got to do an exclusive interview with Mike Tyson for his, uh, for his comeback fight in Las Vegas. And my mom's telling me, you could yeah. sell that interview for hundred thousand dollars to the media oh my gosh you're so lucky and it was i was pretty starstruck at the time but then um we were in la me and my dad and, and we just saw mike on the street so we ran up to him and showed him a magic trick and 
he was pretty busy, but he was also pretty impressed. And I've always got a pack of cards in me on my hand, um, in my hand. So I'm always ready to ready to go and ready to perform at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So uh, and so Dad and I were in LA, and and we just happened to to see Mike Tyson walking down the street. So uh, we ran up to him. Oh, Mike, remember us? You know, and I've always got a deck of cards in my hands, ready to perform at a moment's notice. And he was pretty busy, but we we managed to get a trick or two in, and uh, he was he was quite impressed. Uh, yeah, great, great, uh, great story to tell. You know, um, when people hear, oh, you you met Mike Tyson, they just can't believe it. Um, but for me, also, um, what? Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, sorry, mate. I was just saying, mate, tell me what's next. So, like, what, how do you win, like, the Golden Globe or the, what's the Super Bowl as a magician? Like, what, you've had an amazing last 10 years. So, I always like to finish off with what would have to happen in the next 10 years for you to sort of accomplish all of your goals and dreams, Jackson? Yeah, well, my, my goal is to continue to really grow my online audience because it's uh, this whole lockdown thing, especially, has proven to me how how valuable that whole market and that whole world is. So I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to have my own TV show and also have my own show in Las Vegas. But the TV show was also the main thing that I wanted. So I would love to get a Netflix special, 100%. That would be my dream. And uh, just grow my online audience. You know, I want to get to, to 10 million on TikTok by the end of the year and, and uh, you know, a million on Instagram and a million on YouTube and all of that, just so that I can basically have my own TV show on the platforms, you know, and uh, and have it where I could go anywhere in the world and uh, sell out a show and and uh, just have that kind of freedom to to impact a lot of people and uh, do what I love to do, which is uh, entertain, and the bigger the better. I'd love doing that. I just love watching TikToks. If I could, if, if I could let more people watch them, spread the word because I wish it was on Netflix so everyone could see. Because it's just like you said. I think you said it before. It takes your mind off stuff. It's like watching Seinfeld or you know listening to yeah your, you know your post below or whoever you whoever you go on to the gym. It's like oh you just sort of jump into that warp. So man, I'm so I'm so proud of watching you from you know a 12 year old kid to where you are now. It's really it's really. Uh, nice to see how your hard work is starting to pay off and the numbers are starting to become really massive and i know that we're just getting started and i know you sort of skim through it then but like 10 million like if you can get 10 million imagine like i always say when people go a oh, hundred thousand followers i've only got a hundred thousand i've only got two hundred thousand i always like to think of that as like stadiums jackson do you know what i mean like yeah the stadium and you had a hundred thousand people in it that were all following you that is that is massive right and you've got you know, 40 of them, 40 stadiums packed of 100,000 people, which is just crazy. Oh, it's massive. crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy. Like, um, so, mate, I just wanted to say um, congrats, man. Uh, congrats and also good luck because I know the next sort of 10 years is going to dwarf what you've done in the last sort of 10 years. So, mate, I wanted to say thanks for hanging out with us again. I'm going to keep following oh, you. I'll make you sure so everyone much. else um, follows you through. And, yeah, like I said, mate, I'll, I'll guarantee you that Netflix special or – you know, that TV show is only a matter of time and, and won't be long till you're packing out worldwide events. So, mate, um, stay safe, take care, make sure you say hi to the family for us, mate, and I really appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit today. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love what you're doing on these podcasts and, 
yeah, I was, uh, I was really flattered for you to invite me on here. So thank you so, so much. There you go. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed Jackson's story. I know I got so much out of that and I just love hearing stories of people who fall in love with something and just throw their life into it. Just stick at it. They don't know what's going to happen, but they just stick at it, stick at it, keep turning up. And you look at someone like Jackson now, he's got over 4 million people on TikTok that follow him. So everything he puts out and companies like Colgate and Culture Kings pay him just to literally put their product in his magic trick. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you have someone in your life you think would love to listen to this podcast, make sure you share. And if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. That way, every time we do a new podcast, it'll come straight to your phone. And most importantly, stay safe, take care, and look forward to catching up on the next podcast.